Freddie Mercury, what a different kind of guy. So unique. Some people call him a little odd, a little weird. And yeah, he was stupid talented. I mean, amazing voice, unbelievable range. I mean, almost inhuman, like amazing. But it was his unique and different characteristics that, that kind of set him apart and ultimately set Queen apart from all the other rock bands out there. In fact, in this next clip that you're getting ready to see, they, they meet a producer and they're on their way up and they're asked the question about what makes them different. Pay very close attention to how he answers. Check this out. Did you catch that? I love how he put that. We're misfits. We're four misfits. We're not like each other. We're different. And in fact, the people we play for, they, they're also misfits, and they're pretty sure they don't belong either. So we're like a family of misfits, of different people. I, I love how he described it that way. Well, to follow the movie, and this is not a spoiler, this is history, I mean, the band takes off, and Queen becomes huge, led by Freddie Mercury. And as Freddie Mercury's career went, so went Queen. And it, I mean, amazing, one hit after another, until all of the fame and all of the lights and all of the show and all of the glamour and all of the money all caught up with Freddie and all of the negative side effects that unfortunately come with that caught up with him began to make some unwise choices in his life, and it kind of spun out of control, and as things spun out of control, so did the band. And as his life fell apart, so did the band. And they disbanded. This next clip you're getting ready to see, let me set it up. The band is no longer together, but now he has hit rock bottom. The band has hit rock bottom, and it's just what to do next. Well, then Live Aid happens, if you can remember that. If you can't remember it, YouTube it. <laughs> A little history for you. It was an amazing event, Live Aid, worldwide. Worldwide, they have an opportunity, an invite to play for this Live Aid benefit. And so Freddie is in a room making an appeal to the other guys in the band for them to get back together for this event and he's just apologized to them and asked for their forgiveness. And he wants things to kind of kick back up again for them to be a part of Live Aid. So watch very carefully what happens next. Well, they do get back together, and they play Live Aid. And their 20-minute set is considered by many people in the industry to be the greatest rock band performance of all time. <laughs> it was pretty epic in the movie as well. But did you catch what he said? You catch what he said because what he said there, what Freddie said, I think rings true so greatly for the local church. He said, if, if we don't do our part, if we don't do our part, we're going to regret it to the day we die. What I want to talk about in the next little bit is a key component of us doing our part, understanding something, embracing something 
to help us do our part. And what we need to embrace takes us back to kind of the second clip, that middle clip where he talks about how they were misfits and they were different and they were a family that belonged to each other, yet they were so different. And what we need to embrace and understand right up front is, is that the church is a family of different people who exist to connect with people who are different. The church is a family of different people. I'm different than you, you're different than me, we're different from each other, and we exist. The reason we're here is to connect with people out there, people out there, people that come in and, and, and sit and, and don't want to be talked to because they, they're not sure they fit in, they're not sure to connect with people who are different. Okay, let me, let me be clear. God created us different. He made us this way. He made us to be different from each other. It is by God's design. Yeah, yeah, we have common characteristics. Yes, we do. We share a lot of things in common. Yet, every single one of us is unique. We're different. We have different likes and dislikes, different abilities, things we can do, things we can't do. We have different opinions. We live different ways because we are different. There was a day in the first century when the Apostle Paul was writing to a group of, of Christ followers, people who embraced that Jesus is who they wanted to give their lives to. And he actually told them that it was their differences that made them stronger. Did you get that? Their differences, it's what made them stronger. And actually, God would use their differences to help them, but more importantly, to help the world. The church, <laughs> make no mistake, filled with different people. And when we forget that, we begin to drift away from the heart of God. When we forget and lose sight that by God's design, we are different. We begin to lose sight of the heart of God because he created us this way. Now, somewhere along the way, and I'm not quite sure where it was, and I'm not quite sure when it was, and I'm not sure if it was a moment in time or if it just became the drift of human nature, but somewhere along the way in the local church, we got this idea that everybody needed to be the same. That everybody needed to start thinking the same, living the same, and in some circles, even looking <laughs> the same. I'm not quite sure when that started. I, I'm not sure if there is a point in history that you can look back on, but that's what happened. That was the drift. And, and I guess some of this is human nature, if you want to be honest. I mean, we all have a tendency to group up with people that are like us and to seek out people that are like us. I mean, you begin to see that emerge really in middle school, right? In high school, and this group over here and this group over here and this group over here, and then there's this group of misfits. Like, who are those people? And to be quite honest, we're all, in some way, shape, or form, misfits. Somewhere along the way, 
Oh no, we gotta make everybody the same. But as a result, the other side of that coin means that you avoid, push off and push away and even downright reject anyone that's different than you. Anyone who thinks differently than you, and that's a problem. Anyone who believes different things about God than you, that's a problem. Anyone who votes differently than you. Anyone who makes different choices in their life than you do. To be quite honest, anyone who chooses to sin differently than you. Because here's the deal. We all get comfortable with our own junk, own sin, own crap, right? We've kind of created, oh, yeah, I'm not perfect. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, I know. God help me. But that person, but those people, but they, and we start drawing our own artificial lines. Hmm. Artificial because they're not real. Because God didn't draw them that way. Somewhere along the way, we got this idea that everybody has to be just like us, and that is so sad, highly unnecessary. Couple problems this brings. It goes against who Jesus is. It goes against who Jesus was. You see, here's the deal. Jesus was perfect in that he was God in flesh and bone. You know what that means? That he was different than everyone else, and everyone else was different than him. I mean, there's nobody like Jesus. When Jesus was walking the earth, I mean, there was no groupie with Jesus. I mean, Jesus hung out with people, but it's just like, okay, he's just kind of tolerating. And he, and it, no, 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 he's not tolerating. You know what Jesus did? Being different than anyone and everyone, he loved people as is, accepted people as is. He connected with people as is. Because that's the only shot he had at connecting with people because he was different than everybody. And in fact, the people who received the harshest criticism from Jesus were the people who held themselves up as the standard that everyone else needs to be like. Think like us, believe like us, vote like us, decide like us, look like us. Jesus said, no, that, you're full of yourselves, and all you're going to be left with to show for your life is yourself. And that's highly unfortunate and sad and tragic. Oh, see, Jesus led a different way. And it was the key descriptive of the church. It goes against the, one of the key descriptives, characteristics, to go right alongside of the fact that we were called to love as Jesus has loved us. There's another way to look at this, and it's this thing called unity. We were called as the church to be one. Now we're going somewhere, just hang with me. Right alongside this call to be loving, Jesus one day was praying, and John heard Jesus praying, and he wrote down what he heard Jesus praying about, and one of the things Jesus was praying about is that we, me and you, all of us who want to link ourselves with the church would be one, would be one, that we would be unified. 
Let's bring it together. God made us different. But we're to be unified? How is that possible? How is it possible? How is it possible for people who are different, who don't think alike, look alike, live the same necessarily, vote the same, make the same kind of choices, or even believe the same kinds of things about God? Oh, my goodness. You mean they agree to disagree on things? How in the world can people like that be one and be unified? I'll tell you how. Jesus. Paul wrote a letter to a group of Christ followers in the city of Colossae. It's fascinating that he wrote this to those people because those people lived in a melting pot culture. So many converging philosophies and ways of life and so many religions melting together. And it was, it was a mess in some ways, but in other ways, it was quite fascinating, beautiful. Probably looked a lot like America does as far as all the convergence of all the lines of thinking and everything. And people, as people do, like I said, we tend to group up with people that are like us and agree with us and that do like us and live like us and we begin to avoid and push off and reject everybody else and we make our own compartments and our categories and our sex and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's who Paul's writing to. When he writes this, check this out. In this new life, you Christians, you followers of Jesus, in this life of following Jesus, you need to know it doesn't matter if you are Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric or uncivilized, slave or free. It doesn't matter. Wait, 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 wait. Now, now you and I, the, the, the impact of that kind of falls flat on us a little bit because these aren't our categories. These aren't what we get all amped up about. These aren't the, the lines and the characteristics that we divide ourselves over. But it was for them. And I can imagine when they read this in the letter, it was a put that down, put that down, don't you read that? Just put that down over there. Lay that over there. We're not quite sure about that. Paul has lost his ever-loving mind. What do you mean it doesn't matter if we're Jew or Gentile? You mean it doesn't mean? What, what, what? No, he didn't say that it didn't have meaning. He just says it doesn't matter. Of course, it means something. Your heritage is your heritage. That has meaning. It just doesn't matter. Because he's going to tell us in a minute what does. What do you mean Jew or Gentile doesn't matter? What, what do you mean uncircumcised or circumcised doesn't matter? I had a surgery. That ought to count for something. <laughs> what do you mean that doesn't matter? What, what do you mean slave or free? You see, these were the categories that... Along these categories were the battle lines, culturally and religiously, religiously. You see, these weren't just labels. There were legal matters involved. This impacted economic things. Wars were fought over these distinctions. And leave it to, to religious people to create categories of sin around these distinctions. I'm not sure when the first mic drop moment was in history. I'm pretty sure it was something Jesus said. But 
But Paul's pretty close to a mic drop moment with this next part. No, Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Jesus is all that matters. Mic drop, put down the pen. Walk away. Not Jew, not Gentile, not slave, not free, not any of the other categories that you have established so firmly and you, you stand together on and you push against and you pick it on and you point over on and you divide over. He says, none of that matters. Only one thing matters. It is Christ. Christ is all that matters. Jesus is all. Don't you let that sink in. That means <laughs> nothing else really matters. Now he goes on. Just, just Let me just kind of put some other things together here. He goes on. You must clothe yourselves. You must decide. You must make a decision to live with tenderhearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Why are all those things necessary? Because you're different. Because we are different. If you weren't different than me, and I weren't different than you, then we wouldn't need to forgive each other. And we wouldn't need to be patient and kind to each other. Heck, if everybody's like me, we'd all get along. Right? No. We need these things because we are so different. And then he goes on, above all, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Binds us all together. What does? Love. It's a choice. And let the peace that comes from Christ, because he's all that matters. He's all that matters. Jesus is all that matters, not all these other distinctions. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. It's a choice. It's a choice. For as members of one body, you are called to live in the peace that comes from Christ, who is all that matters. So Jesus is the one unifying agent of this body called the church made up of so many different people. Let's bring it all together. Because I think this is a great way to summarize what we've just experienced so far. Is that God made us different. Jesus makes us one. God made us different. But Jesus makes us one. Those are not opposing statements. Those complement one another. In fact, it's the beauty of it. It's the genius of it. It's the power of it. How that God on purpose made us all very differently and that through Jesus we are one. We are unified. We are one family. We are one body. Yes, all different. And oh, those differences make us stronger. And God uses those differences to reach out to the other people who don't know his love and have experienced his love, who happen to, by the way, also be just as different as the people on the inside are. We're kidding ourselves if we're not admitting that. And he brings everybody together 
under the name of his son and the love of his son who says, love each other the way I've loved you. And that's how the world's going to know anyway, John records, that you are my disciples. Now, I, I could feel a little bit of tension here. We'll, we'll release it in a minute. But let me be clear. The gospel, the good news, the message of Jesus Christ is unifying at its core. That's what it is. It's not dividing at its core. It's not these group of people over here, these group of people over here because they believe this and they believe that and they believe that over there and they think it's this and they think it's that and they have this on their sign and they have this on their sign and they have that on their sign. What? Oh yeah, didn't you read that part? Our denominations are all that matter. Our view of what Jesus our, our opinions about that part in the Old Testament, that, that no, no, n none of that is what matters. Jesus is all, is all. The unifying agent of the good news of Jesus Christ is Jesus. It's not our traditions. It's definitely not our politics. I mean, it's a good goal, I guess. Hey, we're going to bring everybody together. Bring everybody together. Have fun. You can buckle up for this next one. The good news of Jesus Christ is unified by Jesus. We are not unified even by the Bible. That's not what brings us together. You know why? Because we don't all agree. We don't all interpret it the same. We don't all understand it the same. We, it's not even that. It's something better. It's something bigger. It's Jesus. The fact that he is God in the flesh, he is savior of the world, born, crucified, buried, risen again, that is the unifying agent. Because, see, God makes us different. Jesus makes us one. Now, let me unpack this a little bit more. If, in fact, and or should I say, since, in fact, it is Jesus who unifies us, then it is Jesus by whom we should be evaluated. It is Jesus by whom we should, number one, evaluate ourselves. It always starts in the mirror. And then it is Jesus by whom we should evaluate each other and other people. But put more emphasis on looking in the mirror and evaluating yourself. You spend a lot more time, and I'd spend a whole lot more time evaluating myself. In comparison to Jesus, I would have a whole lot less time so torn up that you don't look like me and act like me and live like me and think like me and vote like me and blah, 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 blah. Since Jesus is the center anyway, and he who unifies us, and he is all that matters, Christ is all that matters, then it is Jesus by whom we're evaluated and how we should evaluate each other. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, because I, I used to think the same way, and from time to time I'll relapse and I'll find myself thinking things like, yeah, but what about sin? Shouldn't we evaluate people by sin? They do this and they do that and they think this and they think, do you hear what she said? Do you hear what he did? What about right? What about wrong? Shouldn't we evaluate people based upon that? What about the Bible? What about the Bible? Well, what part of the Bible? What, what about the Bible? 
Let me give you a better way to evaluate each other. If you're going to evaluate, I mean, if you want to take that up, if that's what you're going to spend your afternoon doing, let me give you a more clear point of evaluation. It is Jesus. It's a better point of evaluation. Just look to him. If you're going to evaluate something, evaluate on how much like Jesus it is, how close to Jesus it looks, how much like Jesus they are, and then leave all the rest of that junk up to Jesus and let him sort it out. He's so much better at that kind of stuff. He gave us, he said, here's my new commandment. Just, just, just love each other the way I loved you. That, you're going to have your hands full with that. Just, and that's, why the, that's how the world's going to know you're mine anyway. Just love each other the way I've loved you. Just leave the rest to Jesus. So that means the goal for different people, the goal for us who are different and we're not the same, the goal for people who are different than you is not that they would become more like you because you ain't Jesus. And the goal for people that are different than me is not for them to come to believe like me and think like me and, and, and vote like me because I'm not Jesus. The goal for people who are different than you and you who are different than them is to become more like Jesus. Helping each other become more like Jesus is a much higher goal. And let me give you a hint real quick for what that looks like. We could do a whole series on this and probably we will. Here's a hint for what it looks like to become more like Jesus. When you're becoming more like Jesus, you care a whole lot more about how you treat people than what you believe about people. You care a whole lot more about how you treat others than what you believe about them. Because we, we don't all agree. We're all different. You know what this means? This means we don't have to all agree to be one. We don't all have to see eye to eye on everything to be united in Jesus. Because I think someone said, Jesus is all that matters. To a bunch of different people, Jesus is all that matters. That means we're going to care a lot more about how we treat each other than what we believe about people, what we believe about God, what we believe about anything. Because that was the Jesus way. Remember, Jesus was different than everybody. Everybody. Nobody lived up to his standard. And he loved and accepted and interacted and connected with people as is. And it changed their lives. So we have a decision to make. Either we divide over our differences, which so many, sadly, have done before us, which ultimately, all you got to do is just drive up and down the roads and look at, look at the signage of church buildings. And you know what that's really all about? Division, 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 division. I'm not saying it's all bad. I mean, I, hey, we're part of the church. I'm talking about us. It's, it's why there's this name and that name and they do this and they do that. It's because, oh, well, they're different. So we're going to go over here and do this our way or we're going to do it a better way or we're going to do it a different way. And we've all, unfortunately, been part of that mess. Us included sometimes. Yeah, see, we're not, we're not supposed to be known by that. Unfortunately, that's what we've been known for. We're supposed to be known for how Jesus makes us one because God made us different, but Jesus makes us one. And we are one 
when we serve together and we love together and we live together and we follow Jesus together. It's a beautiful thing and it's what makes the church the church and it's what makes the, when the church is one, all these different people made one and living life as one and doing life as one through Jesus. It's what makes the church and our message so irresistible, especially the people who are looking for hope and looking for help and looking for healing. It's when we come together around Jesus. That's all that matters. And when we do, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's kind of like a mosaic. A mosaic, uh, a mosaic of glass. Have you ever seen a mosaic of glass? It, it's, it's beautiful. Just, but at first, it doesn't look like it's going to be all that much. I mean, if you really look at it, right? It's just all these different pieces of glass. And they're all different shapes. And they're all different sizes. And they're all different colors. And they all have an edge. You put them together. Put them together. And you're like, oh, well, that's interesting. What's that going to be? Then you shine a light through it. And then, wow, look at that. That's beautiful. So we take me, we take you, and we take them, and we take them, and we take those, those people over there, those people, and those people over there, and those people over there, and we take all these people, and, and, and we bring them together, all different shapes and sizes and belief systems and thought patterns and pasts and, and opinions and colors and cultures, and yeah, we all have an edge. You start putting all that together, and then you shine the light of Jesus' love and grace and power through that, and you know what you have? The church, as it was meant to be. And that's beautiful. God made us different. Jesus makes us one. So I'm going to leave you with a couple questions. The first one's easy to answer. The second one's going to be hard to wrestle with. Question number one, who's different than you? Who believes different? Who thinks different? Who lives different? Who concludes different? Who interprets things differently than you? That's an easy one. Here's the second one, more challenging. How can you come together as one with them through Jesus? Well, that's easy. They need Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. no, no, no. Because remember, when Jesus came to earth, everybody needed Jesus. Because <laughs> he was Jesus. And he connected, he, 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 he connected with them anyway. I'll tell you what it's going to be like for you to begin to come together as one. It's going to start with a lot of conversations. Uncomfortable conversations. And you're going to have to ask more questions than, than you make statements. Statements aren't going to change the world. If statements would have changed the world, then the people that talked the most would have done it a long time ago. Okay? Conversations. And you're going to listen. You're going to have to listen to that person who's different than you. Listen. 
and you're going to learn because you don't know everything and you think you understand and you think you know and you think based upon, but you don't. You don't. Listen and learn. And then encourage and support. Encourage and support. Encourage and support. As we all take our next steps together towards Jesus. Not towards you, not towards me, not towards tradition, not towards the way it's always been, not the way, the way no, 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 because why? Okay, I, I cannot overemphasize this. Because Jesus is all that matters. If you don't believe me, fast forward. A hundred years from now, we're all dead. I promise you. What do you think is going to matter? Jesus is all. And since he's all that's going to matter then, oh, he's all that matters now. Okay? God made us different. Jesus makes us one. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Dear Father, We need Jesus, and you sent Jesus. And people killed him. A murderous act of hate. And you came to offer yourself as the picture of love and grace and peace. And then you offer yourself to us. And, and what do we do? We use you to create more division. Help us do better than those who came before us. Not because we are better, but may we learn from those who came before us and come together. Lay aside all the other things that are not nearly as important as the one thing that is most important, and that is you and your love for us and our love for each other because of your love for us. Help us as the Summit Church to humbly lead the way, starting in our own families, our own neighborhoods, our own backyards, where we live, where we work, and then person by person by person by person come together as one in Jesus, because of Jesus, and for the glory of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.